Welcome to the club. Welcome to the, the Broken Heart Club. If you're lucky, you'll only ever experience one devastating breakup in your lifetime. Some people, for whatever reason, get their hearts broken over and over again. Maybe they love harder than the rest of us, or are more willing to put it all on the line in the name of love. But it doesn't matter if this is your first or your fifth breakup. Getting over heartbreak is never easy. In my experience, it's been easier to do the breaking up than to be broken up with. I mean, that kind of goes without saying. That's not to say that breaking up is easy to do. Quite the opposite. It can be incredibly hard to end a relationship. People stay in relationships for years past their expiry date just because they don't want to tell their partner that it's over. But no matter which way you slice it, getting dumped sucks. At best, you see it coming, and your partner has chosen to involve you in the discussion about bringing your relationship to an end. At worst, It happens suddenly and seemingly without warning. One day, everything is fine. The next, her bags are packed and there's a note on the kitchen table saying, sorry, it's over. And that's sort of what happened to Sam Lamott, an artist, college dropout, ex-meth head, and single father of one living in San Francisco. He's also the founder of Hello Humans, a platform for storytellers who capture the truth of what it means to be human. His site, hellohumans.co, is chock full of stories from regular folks, like you and me, who share their experiences dealing with the trials and tribulations of real life. Life isn't what we show the world on social media. It's often a lot messier than that. On our episode today, how to get over a messy, devastating breakup, what to do when your life gets flipped upside down, or when the partner you thought you'd grow old with walks out that door. I'm Sean Galanos. This is The Love Drive. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Uh, we had a really lovely relationship, One, uh, what I would consider one of the, I mean, the healthiest relationship I've ever had. It was serious. We lived together. Um, we talked about marriage. We talked about kids. I have my vows written and I was saving up for a ring and, you know, something changed. And so what happened is uh, on a Tuesday, we were doing what I would say really well. And on a Wednesday, we got into a little fight. And on a Thursday, something had changed for her. And then on a Friday, Elise was signed. (laughs) She was gone. So it was fast. It was unexpected. I think, you know, the big one is what was, what I saw as small, she saw as big. I didn't properly place myself in her shoes, I think is, is the way I'm framing it right now, four weeks out. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a really quick exit out of a relationship it was really fast and to me that can feel devastating 
Yeah, I mean, so I've lost 20 pounds. You commented on it when when because you haven't seen me in a while. Hey, you look great. It was, <laughs> I look so good. Yeah, I'm ballerina thin. Uh, it was fast and it was brutal. And, you know, all of a sudden I had to part with this future I had envisioned in my mind. And so that's painful. That's painful for anyone. I think the first thing I want to say, like I really want to say to anyone who's feeling the way I feel is that it's real. It's real. There's a, a lot of amazing Eastern philosophy, you know, non-dualistic it's not real, but it is. And it's easy to look at people who have gone through way worse than you and try and diminish it. But to me, I think it's important to honor it. Whether it whether it is crazy and dramatic and justifiably, you know, horrendous, or if it's, you know, maybe smaller to the outside world, but if it feels huge to you, it's okay for it to be huge. Yeah. If I were to ask her why she broke up with you, what would she say? So I, I don't think the the whys are that important to break up, except some some are obviously crazy and huge, like a partner cheated, a partner uh, is a liar, partners uh, angry, you know, abusive. So there's these huge ones that I think are worth specifying from. In my mind right now, I'm sure there's a bit of denial going on that could be winning this. I, I, I still want to be together and I'm hanging on to a little bit of hope and I think that's okay. I think as long as you're not affecting the other human with your hope, it's okay to have a little hope because really here's number one of the heartbreak survival guide. So rule one is it's going to be time. I know this for a fact. It's going to be time. There's no shortcut between time. Rule one is to buy time. Yeah. And so your job every single day is to get from the morning to the night and get back to sleep and do it again. And enough of those go by, you will heal. I think there's ways to shorten it a little bit. And I think there's ways to live better during it. But ultimately, it's going to be time. And so the first thing is survive. That's the first thing because there are it can really easily feel like it's the end of your world. Yep. And it can feel like there is no hope that your heart is this broken light bulb that'll never shine again. And really what I'm saying is first job is to survive. And that means living a little bit longer. Every single routine you do is about surviving. That's why you have an apartment or a house. That's why you sleep. That's why you eat. That's why you breathe. We're here to be born, to survive as long and as well as we can and then die as gracefully as we can. And so it's survive. And you have my permission. I give myself permission to do whatever it takes to survive. That's it. We're a bunch of naked apes on a flying rock going through space at like whatever it is, 66,000 miles a second. Or I don't know what, what it is. But and our only job is to survive. That's like the baseline. Life gets really complicated where you have bills, you have this job, you have all this stuff, and you can forget that rule number one is just to survive, and that's doing a good job. You kind of, you really put it into perspective when you talk about us being on a hurling rock. Like, it, it, it makes a breakup feel not that important. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge deal because you are an individual with your own mind and consciousness and feelings. It is a huge deal, but sometimes you have to simplify it. Yeah. Sometimes that 
you need to simplify it so you can remember at least what's true. Because one of my big things is I create stories in my head. So I can be at the DMV and also be worried about the podcast episode after record after and all this and all the people I have to call the emails I have to write. And sometimes I just have to say, help me forget everything I know so I can see what's right in front of me. Cause what's right in front of me. The only thing that's actually true in that moment is I'm in a line in the DMV with a bunch of other people. And so I like to start by just simplifying it. I, uh, I wake up even when I'm doing well, I wake up most days and I go, you're going to die. That's the truth. You're going to die. Now what? And so rule number two is you feel fucked and doomed. You're fucked and doomed. Like, let's let's call it what it is. You're totally screwed. And uh, now what? You know, now what? Now what are you going to do? I mean, we can talk about that. I'm going to I'm going to live my day. I'm going to get up and I'm going to put one. I'm going to put some pants on and I'm going to put one foot in front of the other, just like I have every other day. And that's one of the things when we talk about breakups that can feel really, really devastating is that can it can also take down other aspects of your life if you let it. So I have that experience. My life used to be built like a house of cards where if one little thing went out, the whole thing went out. I mean, especially when I was still using and drinking. If one thing went wrong, everything came down. And that's luckily not the way it is today where I have some perspective to realize that I have pillars in my life. And so if one pillar goes out, the building's probably not going to come down. And so, yeah, you wake up, you show up for work, you do it. You cry in the bathroom. You cry in the bathroom or in front of your boss. I've had great bosses. I could just like go be such a mess. I had one boss, not to brag, who literally just said, okay, yeah, what what can you do and what do you need me to do? Mm. And I worked like part-time for a while, still full benefits. So you show up, you know, me, I have a son who's great. I show up and I be a dad. You can't not show up. No, I have a company that is my dream to do. And I show up and I do it. I went to therapy a lot during the first few weeks, the first like two weeks. My therapist basically opened up his schedule because he knew, oof, this is a bad one. And I said, I'm having a hard time doing my podcast. And it's like, it's what I'm here to do. And I normally love it, but I cannot. It felt like an elephant was on my chest. I cannot bring myself to do it. I think the medication's no longer working. And he looked at me and he said, I think the medication's working. I don't, I think you're depressed because there's depressing things going on and it's okay. And I think you're not doing your work. You're not doing what you're here to do because deep down, you've always felt like you're a failure. And the being right is such a powerful force that you will destroy your life just to prove to yourself that you're right. And it, it was true. It was like, I feel off, awful. I feel like a failure in this relationship. I can't let this one thing be right. You know, it's like, you look at the news. That's all they're peddling is you're right. You're right. You hate these guys. You're right. Here you go. Here's why you should hate these guys. Being right is such a powerful force. And so, you know, really you have to figure out what crazy beliefs are swirling through your head and make them not right. You got to get not right to get right. That's what I'm saying. That's step one. 
That's step one. Survive. Survive. Step one is survive. Step two, you're fucked and doomed. Now what? Step three, don't beg. Don't oh, don't beg for your relationship don't back? Don't beg for the relationship to come back. It's okay to want it back. It's okay to hope. Don't beg. Yeah. Don't put that on the other person. Step four is forgive yourself for begging. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about hoping before we before we jump into step four? Yeah, yeah totally. Because hope hope is good, but hope can delay healing, I think. It and it has in my experience. I don't want to set a time limit on uh, on how long it's okay to hope for, because I think it's different on a case by case basis. But Going back to you have my permission to do anything to survive. Yeah. If that means hanging on to a little bit of hope because you really love this relationship, I think that's okay. Yeah. I think that at some point you are going to have to take a look around and be realistic. You know, I think there's a, there's like these two routes people always go where they're like desperate and begging and their whole life is obsessed with getting this back or they're like, fuck it. I'm moving on. Screw it. And I think the truth is somewhere in the middle where it's okay to, to long for a relationship that you want back. You can't let it stop you. You have to keep going no matter what. You know, you're going to have to feel it out. And if having a little bit of hope helps you get to the gym, helps you get that breakup body, yeah. which is amazing. The break, we need to create a workout plan called the breakup body. I need someone to break up with me so I can have a breakup body. <laughs> Man. Um, then you know what? It's okay. It all goes back to step one, survive. I'm Sean Galanos, and this is The Love Drive. Today, Sam Lamott talks to us about his breakup and how he started to put his life back together, one step at a time. In my experience, getting your ex back rarely works. Of course, there's always that story of the couple that got back together and lived happily ever after. But that's the exception, not the rule. Why are there millions of songs about breakups, but very few about getting back together? Actually, I can think of only one. Here's what really stalls the, the healing process, like firsthand experience, is going and burying your loneliness in other people. Yeah. After a breakup is not the time to go seek comfort. Yeah. It's a much needed discomfort. Yep. And so I have done it where I needed somebody to be with me at all times. Please come, come cuddle, come snuggle, you know, come snuggle. Let me cook you breakfast. Let me talk about how your day went. But I had no room for the relationship. So I just wanted to play house. Mm -hmm. I did that for about six months. The healing didn't even start until I stopped. And so I am trying the reverse of that this time. I'm trying celibacy, like real, not seeking the attention of, of, um, of other people, not needing to find that comfort. I'm trying to sit with the discomfort. And so far, I feel like it's going much better because of it. 
Yeah, it can be really easy to go and go look for comfort in other people. It's comfortable. It's comfortable, but it's it's empty. And I've worked with some men who have just gotten off crazy breakups, really deep, intense relationships. And they come to me, you know, a week or two later, they go, all right, I need you to help me revamp my online dating profile. I'm ready to get back out there. And the reality is, I tell them, you know, you're not ready because what do you have to offer to another person right now? What you have to offer is that you're 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 heartbroken and you're pining for your ex. And so you bring this to a new encounter and it's not fair to the other person because it's, they're not saying, Hey man, I'm really heartbroken. I just really want to fuck right now. It's going to make me feel better. They pretend like they're okay. They're ready to go out there and date and they're not. And it, I just look at it from the perspective of, of like, what, who are you, what do you have to offer to somebody in this, in this state, you know, focus on yourself get yourself better so that you can be better for yourself and better for other people. Yeah. I mean, if you jump ship and everything goes great, more power to you. But I think that if you had a significant relationship, if you were in love, you need to honor it. You need to honor it by processing what happened because you don't like if you're broken up with, you don't know much, you know, uh, unless you're like very fortunate or very unfortunate that the problems were visible or that y- your partner was able to communicate them to you with the way they go. Oh, I understand. Accurately. Accurately. Also. Yeah. And, and my ex spent time communicating it with me and I'm still like, I don't understand. You know? There's only so much that they can communicate. You know, I had a girlfriend who I broke up with her and the reasons were that, you know, I had actually gotten out of a long-term relationship and then I met her and then we started dating and I I really wanted to be single ultimately, but I wasn't able to act accurately describe that at the time. And so she kept on wanting more and more feedback as to what went wrong. and, And I wasn't able to give it to her. And, you know, the, the reality is I actually do believe that, that we don't really owe anybody an explanation. And when people ghost me out of nowhere, I can get really mad at them and say they they owe me, you know, the courtesy and the respect to tell me what happened. It's nice. It's nice. And it is courtesy and respect. But if you're not able to, it's okay. And from the perspective of someone who's gotten broken up with, it sucks not to know. And it's also pretty damn common not to know what exactly happened. And it doesn't really matter in terms of the healing process. No. Yeah, exactly. What matters is for you to process the relationship, the good, the bad, the ugly, honor it. Because there's a a huge, it's so comfortable to just turn on it, right? To immediately turn on it and go, fuck that, screw that relationship. But I think you need to honor the, the version of yourself that saw that relationship as a good decision, entered into the relationship, the person that enjoyed parts of the relationship. I don't think it's, it's fair to yourself to immediately go black and white. For me, self-care is one of the pillars of dealing with heartbreak, dealing with disappointment, and dealing with life. If I'm not taking care of myself, I'm in trouble. My outlook on life sucks, my relationships are garbage, and I don't engage with the world around me. But self-care is hard to prioritize when life goes on. Work, family, stress, it all compounds when you're dealing with heartbreak. And yet, 
This is when self-care is the most important. If I don't take care of myself, I'm useless to everyone around me. Self-care is so easy to forget. It's, I mean, I remember, A, I surround myself with awesome people, awesome human beings, and they're not the type of people that will try to save me. They'll, they'll come over and like, uh, I have a best friend that'll literally just let me groan, right? Like I can literally just, he'll sit down on the couch next to me. I'll go, <sighs> and I can do that all day. And he won't, he won't bug me about it, but no one can save you. Like, sorry, I don't mean this to offend any uh, religious people, but there's no savior in life. There's nobody that's going to come along, scoop you and uh, make you into a YouTube star. It's, it's slow and it's gradual and it's you. You can have awesome people. My mom always says, you're swimming the English channel and I'm in a lifeboat cheering you on, but I can't swim it for you. And so this time around, I, you know, I'm a big mama's boy. So I went, I went to mom and I said, mom, I'm so broken up. She said, she just turned to me and she just said, transform. That's it. No, here's what you need to do. Just transform. And so I immediately started working out again. I remember we've worked together and you're like, man, you got to work out. Like your stress levels are crazy. Your libido is low. You're irritable. You have to work out and eat better. And I was like, yeah, Sean, whatever, you know? And, but I did because we're on the breakup body. So I started eating sickeningly well, like disgustingly well, whole foods, lots of greens, lots of healthy protein. I started working out and not bulking up to attract a mate because i assume that's that's what my mate will want i don't know why but a ton of cardio like really getting the machine going running smoothly a ton, you know get my heart strong again get my respiratory system strong again it's amazing i didn't i i had a week of like cheesecake and yeah. then and then it was transformed time and pizza and pizza that's i actually had a week of throwing up I've lost 20 pounds and it was just hard for me to keep down food. Um, I was really not well. And I still on the inside feel like I'm destroyed. But when I did start to take care of my body and I started to, as, as you say, self-care, it's amazing the transformation. I felt like 40% better. So like running at 40% is great. And I think it's important. I, I don't know if it's the same for men and women, but I know that when I get broken up with, I feel disgusting. And I feel like I'm not a good partner. I'm not a good lover. I'm not great. And so even though I'm not dating people, even though I'm not having sex with other people, it is so nice to get the machine running well to get, you know, I feel like everything, my sex drive, my vitality, everything is improved. And I think it's important, even though it's not going to be used for this foreseeable future. I think it's important to feel that you have something physically as well as rom romantically and spiritually and mentally to bring to the table. Because the first thing that I felt was emasculated, you know, that like, I'm not a good enough man, blah, 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 you know, and she didn't say that. That's all in my head. But get the machine working well. I worked in a machine shop for a while with like mills and lays and you don't just wait for stuff to break down. There's regular maintenance and you either do it or you don't. You either oil up the machine every three weeks 
or it ends up breaking and being catastrophic. You either replace these parts before they break or those parts break and probably cause a bigger problem. And so we're this like crazy bio machine and you got to take care of it. It's amazing. You know, I do a program, right? That's all about living as well as you can, even if you feel like a screw up. And it's amazing how some of the most important things are the easiest to forget. It's so easy to forget how important exercise is. You're a mammal that needs to exercise. It's so important to, or it's so easy to forget that good food drastically changes your state. I mean, the, the material you put in your body to run off of drastically changes how you feel. Or that, you know, riding, looking backwards, looking forwards, planning, all this stuff. It's so easy to forget when you're caught up in all the craziness. At least for me. Sleep. Sleep, Sean. I started working on my sleep, man. I think that's part of the reinvigorated Sam. I think, honestly, my cortisol, is that the right word? Yep. My stress levels were so high. It was affecting my sex drive. It was affecting my life, affecting my workflow. And uh, it's so nice, even though it's such an awful time right now, right? Like, God, it's springtime. All the couples are everywhere. Yep. They're all happy. Marriages are happening. It's an awful time in my life. I'm in a lot of pain, but it is so nice to have reconnected with these things that are important to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sleep, cortisol, stress, eating. I mean, these are all huge factors on mood, on libido, on testosterone, on living a productive life. And, you know, if you, it's garbage in, garbage out. You know, if you're, if you're eating garbage and you're not taking care of yourself and you're, you're looking at your phone too much and you're staying up late and you're not sleeping well, you're going to feel like shit and it's not going to help anything. Yeah. So I, let's get the machine. I mean, I love that. I love the, the, the machine analogy, like get your machine right. I like to just keep it simple, right? So it's just like naked ape, you're a machine, you're a mammal. You need to sweat. Yeah. Here's, here's, I think. The most uh, emotional healing part of working out in general, whether you're depressed or heartbroken or whatever, besides the, the chemistry that you are going to run better, besides the physiology that you are going to run better, I think the most important part is it reminds you of some of the most basic truths. That if you exercise to the point where your heart is trying to catch up, you remember that you know you have this blood pumping through you if you struggle to breathe because you're out of breath you remember how important every breath you take is and if you lift slightly more weight than you can you remember how strong you are that there really is a part of you that can't lift it and there's a part of you that can push to it yeah so these are just basic truths and that's aside from the like wow if your circulation's running better if there's more oxygen in your blood you're going to do better what about self-care for the heart do you have any tips for that? Well, I think um, for me, it's really important to reach out to people I love and tell them. And I think it's, for me, I get so, I'm such a romantic, all-in relationship guy that I, I can like forget all these incredible people that are in my life. And the first thing I did is I reached out to all my dear friends. And I said, I love you, man. Or I love you, women. Um, and 
let them know. I talked to a comedian named Steve Simone, and he just said, whatever you want, give it away. Like, whatever you want, give it away. You want love, give away love. You want money, give away some money. Like, be, be charitable. You know, it, it'll come back. And I believe that's true. A, if you're feeling financially insecure, it works. You don't have to give away a ton of money. Go get 25 bucks, have it broken down into fives. Go give it away. And just feel your heart of who to give it to. It could be a barista, could be a homeless person, could be, you know, anyone. And you will feel so much richer. I don't know how, why it works. My mom always told me that. If you're feeling broke, you need to give away more. Mm. Like you really do. I think if you if you want love in your life, you need to give away a ton of love. And it might not be reciprocated by the, the person you're giving the love to. Oh, well, it, it most likely won't be. No, people are disappointing like that, aren't they? <laughs> but it's it's net positive. It'll come back. Here's an important one. If you're struggling and you're hanging on, do it visibly seriously hmm. no matter and this goes to whatever you're struggling in if you're struggling with for, you know for me staying sober if you're struggling with heartbreak if you're struggling with the the loss of someone you love go get visible because the people that can see you regularly will see the healing process they will see how you went from really not knowing why you're still on the planet to loving life again and those are the people who will call you when they're in that situation. And so I get calls. I get I got calls from people because I've I've been heartbroken before. I got calls from people when they split up, like, what do I do? And we talked about it. And of course, when I'm heartbroken, they're not always, you know, it's not uh, reciprocal like that. They're not necessarily the ones that are going to help me through it. But whatever, I mean, that's the whole premise of, of what I'm doing with Hello Humans is like, get public about it. If you're in a relationship that's struggling and you go to a amazing couples therapist, like talk about it. Let people know because we have these cardboard cutouts of our life that we present to everyone. You know, we have like rehearsed answers. How are you? Doing great. You know, so we only see the best, right? We see like happy couple and we see like single and you don't, you know, you don't get it's like if you compare yourself to what's on Instagram right now, you're comparing yourself to happy couples at the waterfall mm. at, you know, traveling the world. And they're so cool. Their career is going so well. And if you don't share the middle stuff, um, it's really it's really easy for us to compare our our lives. How we, you know, because we're here for all of it to other people's outside lives, the way they present it. And I think it's beautiful to say, like, you know what? me and my partner were really struggling and we started going to couples counseling and it's helping so much. I think that's medicine for people is to hear the truth. After this short break, more conversations with Sam Lamont about getting over his devastating breakup. Subscribe to The Love Drive on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts to listen again or discover past episodes of the show. Some recent episodes include Cultivating Sex Magic with the Spiritual Playboy, How to Use Pelvic Floor Release to Deal with Painful Intercourse, and What is the Role of Gender on Technological Development. Okay, back to the show. I mean, for me, I, I have clinical depression. So like some of these unhealthy habits, like isolation, like not 
taking care of myself, not receiving love, not giving love. It can be a life-threatening condition. I can end up finding myself really not wanting to be here on the planet. And uh, yeah, definitely don't do it alone. I remember being in an ugly custody battle and just seeking out men who had been through it. Really finding the my tribe of people who had survived and could tell me, yeah, man, it sucks. You know, yeah, the courts are prejudiced kind of against men. You're, you're at a disadvantage, but you just keep going and do your best. And here's the, here's a big one. If you're really feeling sorry for yourself, go be useful. Go be useful to someone else. It could be just actively going to work and saying, I am going to be a great employee to my employer and I'm going to serve this company well. It could be going to a, a friend who's a new parent and just say, do you want me to do your dishes? You want me to clean up your house? Can I help you? Go be of service. It's in the buying time scenario that heartbreak is, it's a good use of time. A, it does get you closer to sleep another day over, but you're really not thinking about your own shit when you're helping other people. It really has a huge effect of not thinking about your own shit. I mean, giving has been scientifically proven to reduce depression. Oh, there's, there's no question in my mind. Again, it's an easy thing to forget. Yeah. Go to the SPCA. Go yeah. walk some dogs. If you don't like people, walk some dogs. Play with some cats. You know, there's plenty of there's plenty of missions out there and organizations that need help. Yeah. What's left? I mean, there's so much that's going to be personalized to you. Yeah. I think it really comes down to try and accept. You don't have to accept. You just have to try. Because sometimes there's no way to accept how monumental these things feel. But try. Try to get moments of acceptance. You're fucked and doomed. Now what? Don't beg. Forgive yourself for begging. Self-care. Take really good care of yourself. Give away whatever you want. And, you know, transform. Really make it a moment. I'm fortunate enough. See, I only learn through pain. I've... I can read a book and I won't absorb it. But, you know, if you want to know how I ended up totally screwing my life, I mean, I burned it to the ground by the time I was 21. It was over. I had a private investigator following me around for uh, basically torturing someone for 10 hours high on speed. I was totally addicted to speed. I dropped out of college. I had a kid that I was going to lose. And uh, that's where I learned. So I've made a ton of mistakes. I'm really happy to say that through my love life, I haven't repeated them. And so I've been a cheater. God, I caused a lot of pain cheating. I haven't been a cheater ever since. I've been a liar, caused a lot of pain, haven't been a liar ever since. And you always feel like, man, I wish that my, I wish that the person that I hurt with this could be the beneficiary of this new me. Probably not, unfortunately. I hope that one day you'll be able to to make amends in some way to those people that you hurt. But for me, I'm lucky. I really see the mistakes that I made in this past relationship, and I really see it as possible that I don't make them again. And new things will come up. Yeah. I mean, we do the best we can. We try to break the circle yeah. of pain and chaos and dysfunction by working on ourselves and doing inventory and not doing it alone. And then we're still going to fuck up in other new exciting ways that are going to affect other people. 
Yeah. And we can forgive ourselves because we're doing the best we can with what we got. Yeah. And so I like the transform aspect of it. I really am so, it sucks that it caused, that this pain caused the, ch- the change. But I'm so excited to be working out again. I'm so excited to be eating healthy again. I mean, it wasn't like that crazy, but it, it, it's who I want to be. It's the partner I want to be. I want to be somebody that takes care of themselves and can grow old with someone and somebody that you know really values these little things like taking care of my mental state, meditating, whatever, you know, doing inventory, reading. And so transform. And, you know, I didn't have the luxury to try out all the variables. I'm not quite sure what's all making it happen. And I'm sure at some point there will be a time where things have to find homeostasis. Where, you know, okay, it's not reasonable to wake up and do deep hip stretching every morning and then go to the gym for an hour and a half and then take a shower and make sure to finish off with some freezing water. Not all of that's going to stick around. Um, I'm going to wait for things to get a little bit better before I try and do some scientific process of what's important. See, I don't agree with those biohackers that are like, yeah, you do all this shit. You have a million different supplements and all this stuff. But uh, I think it's okay to do the shotgun approach in the beginning because I didn't have time for the scientific process. I just needed to be slightly better than I was so I can continue to function. And, you know, yeah, I feel like... uh, I feel like 40%. And of course, with heartbreak, it's like a parabolic, right? Where it's like a big parabola, where it's not, you're not 40% all the time. Sometimes you're at zero, sometimes you're at 80. I'd say average around 40. And wow, is 40% so much when you were at zero. If you're out there, you're heartbroken. If you're just like voyeuristically interested in someone who is heartbroken, then, um, this is what I have to offer. And, and your solution, of course, is going to be different. Hopefully, like one of the things. Okay, hopefully you like eat slightly better and you take care of yourself because that's universal, right? That's the universal truth. doesn't matter if you're heartbroken or not. If you eat well and you sleep well and, and you exercise and you take care of your heart and your friends and your loved ones. Yeah, you will be better than you were before. Here's one of my favorite ways I'm thinking about life these days is life is not a game of chess. It's hopscotch. Throw a rock and skip to it. If you're not where you want to be, throw another rock. That's just a lot easier to grasp as a concept. And it it's simple. You have a parting uh, thought for us? Survive. Survive at all costs. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to other people. And, you know, just really do the best you can. If you do the best you can, nobody, you'll, you won't have regrets because your best is your best. And it, it's different on different days. So, Sometimes your best is 40%. Do that. Sometimes your best is 100%. Do that. It's never 100%. Sometimes your best is 80%. Do 80%. And make some shit. Make some awful shit. You know, whether it's art or knitting or whatever it is, a meal, just do it. Just jump in. Get as much as you can out of this life as as you possibly can. Because it's short. And you're going to die. That's the final word. You're going to die. Don't forget it. Sam is the founder of HelloHumans.co 
and the host of the How to Human podcast, which you can find on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. The Love Drive is produced by me, Sean Galanos, with the help from Guilford Street Studios. We're a small outfit, but we tremendously appreciate your support. The best thing you can do today to help us out is to subscribe to the podcast and tell a friend. If you believe that authentic and playful conversations about sex and love are essential, then do your part and spread the love. You can find out more about me or The Love Drive at thelovedrive.com. You can also find detailed show notes on the podcast app or by going to my website. Thanks for listening and stick around. We have some amazing guests coming your way.